0: Welcome back, my loves. I am so excited to introduce you to John Roman. He is a husband, dad, and the founder of Front Row Dads. Welcome.
1: We've been talking about this. For a while. It's happening now. It's
0: happening. I'm excited. I'm so excited. You are a special man. Thank you. Yeah, and you radiate love on a beautiful level. Mm. And from what I learn you're teaching men how to do the same thing, how to really own their emotions, how to step into and express what they're going through. Yeah. Right? Tell me what you're about,
1: (laughs) John. Well, I'm about trying to do that first. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go there first. I'm trying to figure it out on my own and then just talk about it with men, not in a prescriptive like, hey, here's what you need to do, but this is what was real for me. This is what I've been learning. How about for you? And then creating a conversation from that space. Mm. And I do think that a lot of it is knowing. How, I was, it, th- this is a great example. An hour ago, I'm on the phone with one of our new members, and we're talking about when do you... He goes, I internalize a lot. And he said, it would be really great to be around a group of men that I can just let it go a little bit and talk about things. And he goes, I'm really good at internalizing. And I shared my experience with that, which is that internalizing is not all bad. Mm. So there's actually a real superpower to being able to take something and hold it. Yeah. And there's a time when we should do that. We should not talk. We should not reveal. We should not open our mouths. Like there is a time (laughs) you should take that shit, shove it down. But really like that, but that's, that's a container. Your body mm. is the container to hold that for a moment so you can process Process it. it, You don't have to process everything out loud. Right. But if you've over, if you've used that muscle too much and you've gotten so good at internalizing, that's your only weapon that you can use. Then you do need to learn how to let it go and to reveal and to... To not carry all that with you. And there is a time when you should just whoo, let other men carry that weight with you. And, mm. and then you can relate to each other. And but but it's a yes and. It's a yes and for sure when it comes to internalizing and letting go.
0: I love that point. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah, because we have a tendency to shame one way or the other,
1: right? Yeah. And but they're both welcome. It, it's all part of you and it should all be part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah, but we learn something like, oh, be transparent and vulnerable, and then we put all of the energy there and we just go, you know, <laughs> yesterday's breakthrough is today's ego trip. We could, you know, we talk about it. Every podcast is about vulnerability. Everything's like I found out what to do, but we found out a thing to do in the entire spectrum of the full human experience and so mm. hold it all, you know. I'm in the season right now in my world where I'm doing a little more internalizing and processing on my own because I actually overused the muscle of letting it all go constantly hmm. and I didn't trust myself to hold things. What does overusing look like? It means there's an exhaustive, there's, there's you can exhaust any, um, element. I'll use the word element. You know, when we talk about saunas, we're like, heat's good until it's not. Yeah. <laughs> cold, <laughs> cold plunges are good until they're not. Like there's, huh. there's a moment when, you know, you can go to that extreme. You can go into that process. You can use that tool and then have to have the awareness of when to not use that tool. So is relaxing, you know, and, and meditating good? Yeah. Is checking out of everything else and just Meditating your way through life, the answer? No, it's, it's just, yeah. So it, I think it's how do we know? Yeah. Awareness of how it feels to us. What is our experience, but also what's happening for other people? Because it's not just about you. You are, if, you, if we all are one, yeah. if we're all connected, then you are giving me feedback in every given moment, this moment. You know, you're, the way you're receiving this is feedback for me, and right. that's part of my experience.
0: So you're you're playing witness to what is the reaction and what is happening around you. Yes. And then you kind of weigh out whether or not this is the right time to be vulnerable or
1: not. Yes, inside and outside, and ultimately all the same. Uh,
0: uh, tricky to know always. I mean, you could maybe be reading the cues wrong. You may have been raised as most men uh, taught to you know man up. Yes. And so support someone who's kind of at the beginning of this process of like starting to share their experiences, uh, but also fearful of doing so that they're not going to be perceived as a man anymore.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that happens all the time. People have to, and what I think what we need is the safe space to be able to fumble, what it is that we want to do. And if you are around men who have that safe space for you, then they'll let you know when you're over talking. <laughs> they'll, they'll let you know when you're not talking enough. Huh. And I think that's the orchestration of community and the vibe that you create in an environment. So guys come into our community sometimes and, and they're like, they just talk constantly. And their identity is, I'm a leader. I'll go first. I'll share. I'll open up. There's other guys that come into the community and they're like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to observe for a long time before I ever say a word. Hmm. And both of those guys are needed. And I think that if we, when we structure communities, when we bring, um, when we invite a framework so that we can have freedom in that framework, the framework oftentimes is like, uh, Bring, talk, first of all, weaving the container together with our words of like, here's what we are. And so we'll say sometimes in, when guys are starting out with us, we have an ethos. We call it the ethos of engagement. And the ethos of engagement has a point in there that is don't hide behind humility, which is also something we do as men where we want to be humble. We're like, I'm not going to brag. I'm going to be humble. But but that humility, which has often an air of like, oh, that's so noble of you Mm. to be so humble with your success and your greatness. We also can hide behind that too. How so? I think that what we can do is we can stake, we can put a stake in the ground that says, I am humble. Mm -hmm. I don't brag about things. And, and while that's good at the same, like I'll give you, okay, here's an example. When I grew up my dad was a big soccer player in college, and then he loved watching soccer on TV. And it would drive him crazy, in soccer, in any sport for that matter, if somebody would showboat after they scored a touchdown. Right? That He would he'd be like, look at that guy. Like if, you, if you're a real champion, you don't have to like do the dance and do the things. Now, I found that for me, that was like the more that I could not react, the more I could not celebrate, the more I was like, nope, next, next play, no big deal. Uh, that has an element of like respect from somebody like my dad that will give respect to somebody that's just hmm. right on to the next thing. But as I grew up, I realized that there's actually, there's something great about celebrating. Joy. There's something <laughs> wonderful about being like, <laughs> proud of yourself and excited for your yeah. team. And, and even like I, I realized uh, all these blueprints that I had grown up with like don't hmm. dance in the end zone. I didn't realize until my adult life that all of my shame around dancing that I have, and you and I could talk about this, by the way, because this relates to Burning Man, that I danced for the very first time at Burning Man and enjoyed it.
0: You didn't stop dancing. I didn't stop <laughs> after I figured it
1: out. <laughs> but what happened was, I, if we go back in my life, there's all these little seeds that were planted around dancing. Like if you're dancing, you're showing off.
0: Ah.
1: And so when I, going back to the core of this, like don't hide behind humility, it's like we can play it cool, and even, oh gosh, even in high school, it's like you, I learned that just don't get too excited. Even when it was like how to attract girls. It's like don't be, don't be a spaz. Don't, like, don't, don't be too excited. You got to be cool. And so I did a lot of tempering of my energy throughout my life and, and not wanting to brag about whatever it was, whatever accomplishment. But if we can create a safe place where that's invited in, Hey, here's what's going well for me. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm really excited about. Here's how I'm winning in this area. Then those can become blueprints for other men to be able to win.
0: Love that. Really powerful. I agree. I celebrate as much as I can. Like every little thing I can celebrate, I do.
1: And ultimately, I think the the test with all this is like, is it helping? Is it yeah. serving? Is it working for you? Is it working for those around you? Yeah. And that's the feedback we need.
0: Yeah, and it's there's a different, there's a subtle energy shift between like celebrating a win and bragging. Total. Right? Like bragging is I'm above you mm-hmm. because I just won. Mm-hmm. Celebrating a win is just I'm celebrating to inspire you potentially even you know the, not with that intention, but that could happen because you're you're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Okay, so tell us more about what you're doing at Front Row Dads because that's a powerful. Powerful community you're building.
1: Yeah, so 2016 is when it all began. 30 guys in Philadelphia wanting to be better family men. These were successful entrepreneurs and business owners. We spent a lot of time as a community talking about growing our businesses, which we love. And not ashamed to say, like love business, love to build, love to create. And our families were suffering at that passion, I found, in my own life and I found with others. So we got together, three days, it was in Philadelphia, and we just said, no business talk. That was hmm. it, don't talk about your business. Hmm. Don't ask people how their business is doing, even though we love it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But we, had, we are, again, we had overused that muscle. We were so strong in that, it's like, we only did bicep curls. <laughs> It was like we were not the full human strong body that we needed to be for our families. Our business is one of what we now know as six pillars of Front Row Dads. So business evolution is great. We should grow our business. We should make an impact in the world. We should make money for our families, help other people make money. Like, that's awesome. And there's marriage, and -hmm. there's parenting, and there's health and wealth, right? And there's emotional intelligence. There's all these pieces that make us strong. And so we needed Mm -hmm. to clear the air and say, all right, look you might not feel in your life that you have the room to be able to say to a guy like, how's your marriage? And he goes, great. You go, That's usually how it goes, right? Or It's like, no, no, really. Tell me what's great and tell me where you're, where you're being really challenged. Ooh. Give me a win in your parenting, but also tell me where it's the toughest. And guys will come out of our either online or in-person events, and they'll often say, I went deeper in one hour, three hours, in a day, with this group than I have with some of my best friends that I've known for 20 years.
0: Wow. It's all the way you frame the question. Yeah. Give me a win and a challenge. That's right. And you allow the door to open then.
1: That's right. (sighs) Beautiful. Our framework in the community for conversation is ask, give, win props. Those are the four. So you're asking something, you're bringing a question to the group, you are giving something, which might be a resource. i read this book. It's great. You're celebrating a win, which is a victory, or you're giving props to somebody going, that guy, he did this, and it was amazing.
0: Love that. So
1: Ask, Give, Win, Props is our four-part framework for how we operate online and in person.
0: Brilliant. Really cool. Uh, so, okay, so you have both, online and in person. Yeah. I'm assuming the in-person
1: is more potent but do you find Definitely. Nothing beats in person. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but that's not always possible for everybody, so right. the online element is great, you know. Yeah. We I don't love being on Zoom, but I do it every day. Mm. I don't I don't always love being on the phone, but I do it because I would rather have that form of connection than no connection. Yeah. But you and I sitting down in person like this or any type of in person I'm I'm a yes to. I love that. So all my meetings are either in my sauna, on a walk, typically, or, you know, or or just spending time with people doing something.
0: Beautiful. There are two areas I want to go into: uh, toxic masculinity, what that looks like versus healthy, and what can you can a woman do mm. to support a man in being more vulnerable and showing up, yet still in his masculine power.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've, Either
0: I've, one of those you want to go first? I,
1: I have no idea about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have lots of opinions. I have lots of that's experiences. That's what I want from you. Good, you know, perfect. And, that's all I need. And I feel like that's um, I'm I'm in this conversation. Yeah. I'm learning mm. constantly, so um, <clears throat> I'm happy to be listening in on the conversations happening around this area of like what does what does a healthy masculinity look like? Yeah and also the dynamic between a man and a woman in re- in regards to this space fascinating stuff yeah. and it's been it's been the most challenging part of my family life has been my marriage and that's not a poke at my wife like she's the most challenging person for me as like I'm above her and it's a challenge to be with her it's that she challenges me mm. in in incredible ways that allow me to grow. It has not been easy um, <laughs> at all. <laughs> and she would tell you the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're—it's been now 16 years, and wow—and still figuring it out. You know, every day, every week, every month. Or just when we, we—if if, the—if the statement of like you marry your unfinished business, or you know, your partner is—is is there to teach you the hardest lessons. Um, that's been our true experience for both of us.
0: Okay. If I may ask and you can decline the question if you like, but what is uh, a win for your marriage and what is a challenge? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I <love it. clears throat> yeah. Um, so let me feel into that for a second. Well, you know, as we record this, Tatiana is in Tulum with some of her girlfriends nice. and they're just having a great time. Um, after she comes back, she's here for a couple weeks and then she's doing eight weeks in Peru Wow. in the jungle of the Amazon, like just working, training, healing, growing. It's eight weeks. She'll be gone. Wow. Uh, a win for our marriage is that we're, I would say that we are in a place where she would be willing and courageous enough to go do that type of event and growth. Right, experience for her. And and I would be in a place where I feel I can support our family, take care of the boys, hold the fort down at home and support her in doing that. And why I say that's great for our marriage is that a good marriage, in my opinion, is not just rooted in how you are together. It's how you are when you're apart. Interesting. So I don't, I don't think that it's the only definition of a healthy marriage of like, well, how do you do when it's just the two of you on a date? It's like, how do you do when it's just the two of you at home? Or how are you in conversation with each other? But there, again, I, I'd say this all the time, but it's like, it, this has been a big discovery for me this last year. If it's healthy for a person, it is usually healthy for every person. Mm. Because if we are connected, if we are one, if, if I am you and you and I, we're energy in the universe then when you heal, that's healing for all of us. Yeah. When you grow, that's, that's growth for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, the win for our relationship is that we are more and more and more supportive and in alignment with our own individual journeys. Beautiful. And one of our members, uh, Guy Tucker here, who a lot of people would know, his, he had said to me one time that rarely is it a couple that goes to like couples therapy or the couples work out their issue and grow in their relationship. Rarely is it that it's more often that an individual in that relationship goes and has an experience and grows and learns. They learn themselves and Mm. then bring a better version of themselves to the relationship. Wow. So I have found that to be the case over the last several years uh, with Tatiana is that our biggest Leaps forward have been because she went and healed something and brought a healed version of herself back. Mm. I went and learned something about myself and brought that back. And t- these two stronger beings engage with each other. And, and I think that's actually been the greatest, the greatest victory.
0: Incredible. So. You give each other freedom to live this yeah. lifetime and explore and expand. And then you come back stronger. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Wow. Good on you. Okay.
1: So what's challenging? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) just wanted to give space for you to chime in on anything there. Okay. When it comes to challenge, what is challenging? What's challenging, what comes up for me right now is that this will tie back to the beginning of the show. I often struggle with when to be silent and when to say something. And I could give you a hundred examples of where that shows up. But th- the most recent, in the last 48 hours, Perfect. right before she left for her trip, she's engaging with our youngest son, Ocean, who's eight. They're, it's getting a little heated. It's like she's frustrated. He's starting to get frustrated. The, the volume's going up. The energy's going up. And I want to help, so I kind of get, I'm like, let's all breathe, yeah. you know, like <laughs> let's all all right? and yeah. I'm trying to be a leader, trying to use my voice, trying to use my influence to support, and by yeah. the way, purely from a place of love, 100%. support, right, it's I really want to just hold these two and allow them to just calm their energy, that's it, I, I feel like that's just, right, yeah. well. She didn't really appreciate me coming in saving the day, and right because it kind of makes her look like it makes her look worse in front of Ocean when I'm saving. She sometimes has this like "you save Ocean from me," you know, uh, belief. And we could argue whether that's true or not, right? But what's there's the opposite of every truth is another truth, right? Mm. So um, for me, th- this is. The the when do I speak up? When do I say something? And when do I just allow for things to occur? Because I could go and say to somebody, well, if she does this to the kids that's gonna cause this with the children and she's doing it wrong, right? And I know the right way to do it. So I'm gonna come in and like, I'm gonna, I go, I know the right way to do it. I remember talking to somebody at one point about this and they said, John, even if what she's doing you would, you would say is wrong. Um, isn't life about having challenging experiences where you can learn and grow? Yeah. And if that's the case, then if she's challenging your children in, in a way that you don't think is r- the right way, it's still giving your children a chance to know what's right and what's wrong for, their, for themselves. If a kid grows up in a perfect environment where the parent never makes a mistake and never loses their cool and never, then the child has no other experience of life. And are we saying that that's what we want for our children is to create this like sterile and perfect environment so they have no adversity and no challenges and nobody raised, or do we want to say, look, Tatiana brings imperfection to the relationship, which is great. And there's always like, well, there's a healthy amount of that. Because there are some things that somebody would do where you go, well, that's just flat out abuse, abuse. We need to stop that. Right. So there is an there, there is a point when in every statement there's like, well, then there's this.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> we there's can a also spectrum. talk
1: there's a spectrum. Right? right. And I'm talking about in a healthy form of like disagreement. Yeah. Um, but the challenge nonetheless is when do I say something and when do I just remain quiet? Because I also got to the point where I was asking questions to her. Like I was like, we'll just be curious. And she'd have a problem. And I'm like, well, what do you think about this? And What do you think about that? And, and then that wouldn't go well because ultimately what I was trying to do is like lead her lead to an her. answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm She's trying to lead her to an answer. <laughs> I'm still trying to control. Yeah. I'm trying to control the situation. Huh. Right? And then that feels like I'm manipulating her with my words. So how do I... As a man, balance my uh, the power, the authority, the influence, the words, the state—all this that I want to bring to the world—and mm. at the same time, just allow for things to occur. It's like this—you know, when people talk about I surrendered. You go, well, how do you know when mm. to go build and create, and when to just go? That's what it is. When this storm comes, how do I know if I just stand there and dance in the rain and be like, surrender to the rain? And it's like, no, we can also grab an umbrella and change our situation. <laughs> and, well, so how do I do both? Uh,
0: yeah, here you. Uh, ooh. Uh, I hear you. Would, I would say in that scenario, potentially, ask, uh, I would just chime in and be like, hey, do you, do you got this or you want my influence? Totally.
1: Fix it or feel it. And,
0: and ask her directly. So you yeah. guys are the team and you're working this together. Do you got this or do you want me to uh, support? Yeah. Do you want my support? And then that way she has choice. Yeah. Uh, th- that's what I would do.
1: <laughs> so do you want to much this. easier said than done. <laughs> this is so but funny. We were, we were out for a walk <laughs> a month ago, walking the dog. And she said something and I said, is this a moment where you want my advice or do you want me just to feel this? Yeah. And she goes, that's the dumbest question ever. Of course I want your advice. And I'm like, uh-huh. I just start laughing because... You can't win. Well, the other part (laughs) of it is like, how many times have we heard something on a podcast or read it in a book and we're like, that's genius. And then we try it in real life and it just backfires on us and it doesn't work. And I think it's just because it can be messy. There's so many pieces to it. Now, I also think it's genius advice. And I've done that before. Fix it or feel it. You want me to fix this or feel it? Yeah. And which has been great.
0: Yeah, I, even so, even despite her reaction, you've still given her the choice to open the door Correct. to your feedback. That's right. So she can jump up and down and be like, of course, you know, but, yeah. but either way, the she effect has yeah. happened. That's it. Yeah, you've opened the door. You got and, it. And she gave you permission. That's right. That's the key.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I did in that moment? What? I shut down.
0: Because ah! <laughs> you're like, why didn't this work? <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Well, I was angry.
0: Mm. I was like, I didn't
1: deserve that response. Like I'm coming with this with like love in my heart. Mm. And then she said that and I just shut down. I I just got quiet. and I was like, I'm I'm not doing this. I'm done. So do I wish that I would have shut down? No, I, 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 in hindsight, like I wish that I would have felt like you just felt like, ah, Mm. it wasn't delivered in the nicest way, but she ultimately said, yes, I want your feedback. Yeah. I could have just run with that, but I made it all about me, which is one of my challenges is, um, at times throwing a pity party for myself, right? Like, (laughs) I don't deserve that. Right. Poor me. Yeah. Right. I'll just, I'm going to take my ball and go home because you didn't talk to me the way that I should be talked to.
0: I I hear you. I hear both sides because to some degree you teach people how to treat
1: you. Totally.
0: Right. And so if you just accepted that. Yes. Then, then it's not okay.
1: This is why it's so hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's always a yes and.
0: This is why it takes constant communication. That's right. Continuous, I should say, continuous communication. Uh, because even if you gave her the feedback in that moment, you're like, that reaction confuses me. Yeah. And you know, actually shuts me down. Is that what you
1: want? Yeah. And uh, you, I get why people get divorced. Yeah. I do. I get it because uh, I get it why people break up with friends. I get it why people, right? Because it, it, it is so. It can be so challenging.
0: Mm. Well, we're we're a collection of all these experiences, and our parents' down, uh, downloads from childhood that's linked with ancestral trauma, and just we we have an operating system that's been automated during yeah. a time infancy when we couldn't really automate or choose what we're automating. Excuse, yeah. Right. So. So, uh, what do you
1: think it comes down to at the like if you try to simplify it? What is it at the end of the day?
0: What is what at the end of the day?
1: Like there's all this complicated communication. What are these complicated beings? So if you go, well, at the end of the day, it's really about.
0: For me, it's getting to the underlying trigger. Mm-hmm. What's actually causing the trigger? So for you in that moment when you had the re- reaction of maybe nothing I do is good enough mm-hmm. or what was the inner dialogue that shut you down?
1: Yeah, I think that this, the core wound as a child is I'm not doing it right.
0: I'm not doing it right. Right. Okay. So that's what it triggered, yeah. and so w- when you get to see that, then you get to work on that core wound, yeah. and after enough work, you, you release it, and yeah. then she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, and you're, you're not—you stay in this like peaceful, centered, grounded space of like, okay, doors open, great.
1: Yeah. And do you think <laughs> any of us are meant to stay centered and grounded? And
0: I will tell you, I feel more centered and grounded now this year as in like a month and a half, than ever before in my entire life. And it is very nice. Mm. It's peaceful. It's, I'm at ease. I, I have grace with everyone that I encounter. I accept their journey. And if they're spewing out yeah. shit, then I gracefully walk away. Or I support them in whatever they're going through. Right? I have choice mm. in the matter, and it, but I don't take it in as personally as I used to. Mm. That's what happens. You don't take things personally. It doesn't have that trigger. Yeah. The charge isn't there anymore. That doesn't mean I'm not excited anymore about life. I can still get excited about all the little things. A cat visited me and I get excited. You know, they get to, right? So the, the mm-hmm. joy is actually more alive because I'm not weighed down by all these BSBs, I call them bullshit beliefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's interesting. If, 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 you know, groundedness is on a spectrum and it's over here on one side, what's on the other side?
0: Chaos was what I kind of come on. Mm. It's like distracted chaos. Mm. It, it's hard to be focused on where you want to go and who you need to be to get there. If you're ruminating on how this girl gave you a bad look, or <laughs> like Tatiana said this to me, right. you know, it, it takes you away from your vision and your purpose. Yeah: So I, I think staying grounded um, creates a deep level of trust both in your higher self and and for me it's a spiritual connection my intuition is higher than ever mm. i get intuitive hits on everything my clients need i get intuitive hits on where to go what to do for the day yeah uh, it's it's fun when you clear the channel and you clear all that noise you you get to be very clear with what how to spend every moment of your day which is the most precious thing you have is your time that's right so uh, it, it behooves everyone to stop wasting it on BSBs, right? Yeah. <laughs> on, on stuff that's not serving
1: anymore. I and mean, what's, the, what's the formula for you to stay in this, like, intention? I'm flipping the script on you a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like having it. a chat, right? This yeah,
0: no, I appreciate it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work from um, workshops and retreats around the world, coaches, uh, plant medicine was a big part of my journey, uh, breath work, Uh, And now that I've done all of that, really, for me, it's getting centered in the morning. It's having that morning routine of setting my intention, taking my first 10 breaths. I just start to count for 10. It doesn't have to be an hour. Sometimes it is. But as long as I get one to 10 that I've taken full deep breaths in and out to 10, and then I focus on what my intention, how do I want to show up that day, centered in my love, kindness, gratitude, appreciation, affection, just like, how do I want to show up that day? Powerful. And then, what am I grateful for? Mm. Very simple. It's a very simple, but starting my day off with that commitment every single day, it's an honoring of myself, it's an honoring of everyone that I come encounter with, and it's an honoring to this lifetime, because I may only have today. Yeah. So how do I want to show up? If I knew I only had today, how would you show up? Way differently than like
1: flying through and getting pissed off at a whole bunch of people. That's so true. When Tatiana was getting on the airplane, I thought, you know, it's, if at any given moment, like if I knew that this was it, like, the you know, something's going to happen, the plane was going to go down, like would I have been happy with how we say goodbye, final Powerful. thoughts, and memories, like it, it, that one always gets me. But anytime I think about my mortality, it really gets me very much present to the moment to, to appreciation. I have to consider that, how finite this body is in this realm, at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, there's a spectrum, right?
1: This is the theme. This is the theme of the show. But that's actually been the whole thing for me this last year or two has been that. It's the yes and. It's the range. It's the left and the right. It's having the ability to, oh, you know, it's interesting. Nobody, unless they're watching this, they won't be able to see this. but, uh, But I'll articulate what I'm about to say. So on my arm is a tattoo a guy with his hands up in the air that represents a charity that I got involved with back in 2015 called Front Row Foundation. And the idea was how can we celebrate these moments of life? There's a tapestry being Mm. woven here at this show that I can see all these dots being connected. But um, we used to take pictures all the time with people with their hands up, two fingers pointing to the sky. And it's like, this is an awesome moment. Nice. And we were so captivated by what it meant to create and appreciate these magical moments in life. How do we manufacture more of those for ourselves and for other people, especially people in need? So that was the spirit of the charity. And everybody was going around taking pictures with their hands up in the air, pointing their fingers, like having these front row moments in their life. Great season of life for me. Um, I feel like I've transitioned a little bit into a season where if there was a a visual with hands, it would look more like this. Mm. And what I'm doing is I'm holding, for anybody listening, my my hands are out like I'm, they're pointed down. They're kind of outstretched. And it's like this holding space mm. for what is. And, and it's the further my hands can reach the spectrum of what I'm able to hold, the light and the dark. You know, that to me is <clears throat> where I am now in this season of life. I love that. And all, I'm, I'm all of it too. I'm still the celebration with the hands up, but I am adding to that the ability to hold all these different elements of life.
0: Beautiful.
1: Which I spent the first couple decades trying to reject certain elements of myself and others that I didn't like or I was scared of.
0: Yeah. If you reject them, they, uh, they actually have more hold on you. Yeah. It's when you embrace them and love on on the parts of you that have been trying to keep you safe and yeah. you're like, "Thanks. That's thank you. God. Love you. Don't need you anymore."
1: I was in this <laughs> I was in this uh, event in LA a couple weeks ago and it was a 2-day event and on night 1 the whole message that I was receiving was I'm an asshole. This mm-hmm. was like the download that I was getting was I'm an asshole. And it was really dark and it was really hard. And the next night was I am pure love. <laughs> then when I was processing all this, I thought, I am all of that. There mm-hmm. is a part of me that's like this little kid who's just an asshole. Who's like, and by, by, <laughs> that comes from, when I say asshole, I mean like comes from a place of like needing attention, wanting yeah. attention yeah. and doing crazy things to get it, you know, manipulative and all that. But all that still comes from a place of, of pure, like, I want to be important. Yeah. I, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Right. But, but how we get it right?
0: But that, that's the, that's the key there is to really under uh, go deeper and figure out what, what is the cause of this behavior? Yes. What's the underlying need that you're trying to serve? And when you get that, and when you get to that place of like, I just want attention, right? Like, then you're like, Oh, I get it. It, Here's another way. That's understanding somebody's (laughs) motive.
1: Like, why are they that way? I, I, I was also thinking recently about anger. Like when somebody's really angry, if what's inside of us comes out, then what they're really angry about is it's something within. It, mm. And, and the, the minute I get there that like, oh, that person's got anger inside, yeah. I feel compassion because yeah. I'm not taking it personally anymore.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And I know these are basic things that we're saying, but they're very hard to remember and keep in practice and hold in consciousness throughout the day and throughout the weeks. So we can read it in a book. You can read Don Miguel's book about, you know, four agreements and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm all enlightened now. I'm not taking anything personally, but actually doing that yeah. on a day-to-day basis, it takes practice. that's hard. It takes practice. Or can be hard.
0: It takes practice. First step is awareness, right? Yeah. You, you're aware that you have this inner dialogue of, um, I'm not doing it right. I had the exact same one. I had a super hypercritical mother, judged everything. Everything I did, there was like some kind of comment that yeah. came back that like I could have done it this way or better or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so I judged myself harshly throughout my life, and that was that was one of the main ones I had to come to terms with. When you get to the root of it, like the first time you remember that ever happening to you, your father mm-hmm. judged totally. you, your mother judged right, um, and you can see it from a, a new light, an, an adult version perspective of like, oh, they were just trying to get their needs met. Mm-hmm. Maybe your dad was trying to inspire. My mom was trying to inspire me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's another thing you can do, and I just it just knocked me down. Yeah. Um, but when I see it from a different light, oh, I'm, I, I'm actually quite, she was ins- inspiring. She was empowering. And then it it's like almost has a domino effect to all the other uh, experiences you had in your life where it's like, oh, I didn't need to take that personally. That wasn't about me. That wasn't, that actually didn't have any meaning that I wasn't good enough, right? Or what I was producing wasn't good enough. Uh, so that's the that's the work you asked about the work and so I'm kind of going a little deeper But yeah, you've really got to get to the root cause I think And it's it's momentary reliving so that you can reframe. It's not you don't have to like Relive the whole experience in this traumatic way yeah. But rather just understand where it was formed and then you can choose differently and then you have to practice like you're, I mean you have to practice choosing differently. We automate through repetition Right? that's why you practice tennis, you become good after hours of practicing. It's not an automatic thing, so you have to automate the new behavior that you desire. Hmm. I work with my clients with a clicker, it's really effective, and it's a subconscious reprogramming tool that keeps them focused on the mantra of who they wanna be and where hmm. they wanna go, and whatever we're, we're overriding.
1: How does that work? How are you using the clicker?
0: So it's uh, just like what the bouncers hold yeah. to get into a club. Just by having it in your hand reminds you to, to re- repeat the mantras. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then... They have to
1: do a certain number every day?
0: I, I, I give my clients assignments, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you click. The clicking sound is uh, the auditory way our brain learns, Pavlovian. Yeah. And then you have a visual measurement of success with the numbers. Tony Robbins talks about this. So you have three ways the brain wor- wor- uh, learns. So repetition, aud- uh, auditory, and the visual. Mm-hmm. And that will seal in the new behavior way faster. It's incredibly powerful. My clients like rave about it. I get mm-hmm. daily text messages about how they That's love so this cool. thing. Yeah, So it can turn all sorts of uh, beliefs around, like money beliefs, mm. all your stories, you just get to choose a new story, yeah. right? Pick a new story, that one doesn't serve you. Right. What I'm doing isn't good enough, doesn't serve you and probably not true.
1: Mm. <laughs> such a good question. Does it serve you?
0: <laughs> Does it serve you? Yeah. And if the answer is no, what's the story you'd like to think? Mm. What's the story you'd like to believe? That actually you're a badass and you're producing phenomenal content and you're helping all of these men become better men and that has a ripple effect on the rest of their life, right? Their their wives, their kids, their, and then their kids have ripple effects. Yeah. So you helping five helps could potentially help millions, right?
1: It's one of my favorite things to consider the visual of the impact of our decisions mm. we, we are trying to figure out ways to create visual representations of the impact of our members they have like so this guy brings in this guy and this guy has this number of kids and you can just see start to see the impact but i like to see that stuff yeah i want to see the chart
0: yeah the <laughs> your visual
1: yeah 100 percent Ooh, are where do you go from here right <laughs> My Should goodness. we start going deeper? Should <laughs> <Trigger>, we <we're, what, laughs>
0: theme of my podcast? Uh, okay, toxic masculinity, what does that look like? Support men there.
1: Mm. Well, <clears throat> I I ultimately, <laughs> well, I think that when you have this conversation with anybody, if you are engaging in a conversation around this topic, it would be important to define the terms. Mm. So if I was talking to somebody about how they might engage around the subject or if I'm, and when I do this with anybody, I'm usually starting with, how do we find toxic? How do we define that? And how do we define masculinity? Good. So how do you define either of those?
0: Ooh, uh, toxic is technically unhealthy. It's, it's polluting the body. There's, it's creating, uh, dissonance or upset in the body, right? Um. The opposite of well-being, mm-hmm. <laughs> toxicity. What you you uh, that's something you want to get out mm-hmm. of your body and your environment. Uh, masculinity I see as uh, support, strength, power, courage. Uh, a masculine man is someone that is uh, stands in their power, is grounded, provides safety, creates. It's almost like like the muscles are bigger. Like, the the strength and the the power and the 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 safety is bigger. Yeah. So toxic masculinity is using that strength to harm someone.
1: Yeah, I think that's really well said, and I think that's what um, when I look at when I look at masculine and feminine energy, and I'm trying to define this or what is masculinity, what is femininity, what is femininity? Did I say that right? Why can't I get that word femininity. out? Femininity. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I. I I don't think there needs to be a clearly agreed upon term globally in order for us to have a healthy conversation, which is what is it that we're ultimately trying to do through this conversation? Why are we having this conversation around toxic masculinity? As an example, what's at the core? So going with your theme is like, what's at the root of that? And what I think comes up is that if we can ask those questions first in these conversations with people when we're talking about them within our families and our communities with our brotherhoods or or sisters that we're talking with is like, what is the intention here? Mm -hmm. What is the problem that we're actually trying to solve? So to me, that's where the root of the conversation comes in. Mm -hmm. And when I get back to, um, if, if we just use the, If we just say that, look, however you define masculinity in your life, then then if you go to, and I agree with toxic or healthy, it's like, well, what is it that we're, how are we utilizing this tool? So if it's strength, how are we utilizing the strength? This is what you were just saying. And why are we using that strength? And that to me is the more interesting conversation. Once Once we can once we can understand um, the problem that I think when I hear people talk about toxic masculinity is they're being threatened by something. Mm. And then I think if they're being threatened, does that have more to do with the thing or to do with them? So again, this topic ultimately for me just brings up a lot of questions, but I'm more the type of person that likes to go deeper into the question Than I am to land on any one big conclusion. There, and there are a lot of teachers and thought leaders that will go, this is what it is, Mm. absolute certainty. Masculinity is this, right? Toxic masculinity is this. And and by the way, I actually respect that level of certainty as well, because I think there's a lot of power in that. And when somebody's so decisive and they know themselves and they know their thoughts, I also think that comes with an element of danger when you are no longer open to seeing things with a different angle, Mm. when you're no longer interested in a new definition, when you're no longer interested in the expansion of an idea that you've landed on because you read a book or you wrote an article or you sat in meditation and you're like, this is what it is. So it's like we have to be able to choose the direction that we wanna go. I wanna go right, I wanna go left, this is where we're going, we're gonna do this. We have to be able to do that and we have to hold space for the question. So what I think, let me just get to the, at the end, what is, you know, my thoughts around toxic masculinity. I think a masculine being is an individual who shows up dialed into what is the best of that masculine energy within him or her. And I say that because I do believe that masculinity, the way I define it, shows up in a man and a woman. Mm. But I think more by nature... By biological, how we are born, you throw a hundred little boys and a hundred little girls without a lot of influence, they are going to behave differently, yeah. which makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, not all of them identical, right? But, and there is a spectrum, yeah. um, but the chemical makeup of those beings is different. Yeah. And those chemicals cause us to feel and behave differently. Right. I've never met a school teacher who's like, yes, it's not, and it's not just because we um, project our beliefs onto little boys and girls, but it's like you talk to a school teacher, and I've talked to hundreds, I've talked to thousands of school teachers. I mean, family is my business, right? And so I'm constantly in this conversation. And people will say they're just so different. Um, all the kids are different, but there's definitely an energy the boys have. There's an energy that girls have. There's an and, and every human has this has this has this spectrum. So if a if a masculine energy is to me, um, there is an element of Um, of groundedness to masculinity. There is an element of strength in that space. And I'm gonna use just my experience with my relationship with my wife. When I'm at my best, there is a presence to masculinity that is uh, palpable, It's, it's undeniable. When I'm at my absolute best and I feel like what I bring to her is what she needs in my situation, and I'm not casting this on anybody else, this is, you have your own experience. When Tatiana is in her femininity and she's in her feminine nature, she is definitely um, flowing and dancing, right? And the best imagery of these two things, by the way, is um, she's dancing. And I am holding the space that allows her to dance.
0: Mm, Beautiful.
1: That to me is the image of what a masculine energy does is it provides safety so that the feminine energy can uh, flow without borders, Mm. you know, and to be free. Now, is that all that we are? No, because I actually don't think that I can nail all of masculinity or femininity in any amount of words. Right. I think there are, there are, sometimes you just go, ah, it's hard to describe.
0: Yeah. I cannot encapsulate, <laughs> I
1: can't capture it in the words, in these sounds that I'm making with my mouth. Right. But my body knows that what I think I'm getting at with masculinity is that. Yeah. It is not a dominance of others. Which I think that's the part where we go, if you can hold that space, you can also crush the people that are in that space because you've 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 used masculinity to create the safety and then boom, you're gonna you're gonna dominate. You're gonna be a tyrant in that space. That's when it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. You, you you do you do use your power for evil, if you will. You yeah. Know? Not that I totally subscribe to that word, but
0: just one touch deeper how do you create the safety? Is it just through being? Is it just Mm -hmm. your energy? Or is there something you can say or do that has created that for her?
1: Yeah. First, it's creating safety within yourself. Uh You know, it's, it's first creating safety within yourself. Can you hold all of you? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if you can hold all of you, then you can likely hold more of others. So when I had this experience in LA that I just spoke about, and I had this, like, I'm an asshole. uh, It's not, all of what I am, but it is a part of what I am. Like I've done asshole things in my life, right? I've definitely acted like an asshole. yeah. And I acted that way because that's just part of who I am. And I have all this and it scares the shit out of me to admit that. I hate that part of me in a sense. But now I have learned to just go, it is part of me. And the minute I was able to say, it's part of me and I'm not going to deny it anymore. Now I'm not going to utilize it um, I'm not, not going to abuse that I've got that there. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it okay to utilize that as a weapon, but I'm going to make it okay that it's a part of me. Mm-hmm. And the minute that I make it okay that it's a part of me, I now accept it in other people too. Like I can hold more space for you and your you know dark, manipulative... <laughs> Bitchy side (laughs) that I'm sure is a part of who you are, no, and a part of every man and woman. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. Of course, right? But now, but now I actually have so much more compassion for you. I can hold that for you. Yeah, beautiful. You know, so I think that what the, the start of it is is actually learning to hold it within yourself. Can you accept all of that that's within you? Your dark and your light, and then and then it will give you more to be able to hold that for other people.
0: Beautiful. Really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Final question. Okay. If little John was sitting next to you right now, six-year-old John, what would you say to him?
1: Mm. Oh, man. it's. I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, what's interesting is I, I don't really want to s- say as much as I want to listen to him. Ah. Like I just want to – what I'd say is like, how are you? How's your heart? Like I would want to hold space for that little kid and I'd want to let him feel heard and witnessed is what I want. And if I play the game though of what would I say, which I likely would say something in return, um, the thing that almost gets me teary just to think about it and I got to give, I am getting teary, um, thinking Mm. about my best friend, John Kane, who lives up in the Northeast, he's in Philadelphia. And I'll never forget this moment where he picked up tiger who's now 13 but this is probably 10 years ago so tiger is probably three and my buddy picked up this is masculinity by the way i'm okay. gonna show i'm gonna tell you what masculinity is through stories and i think that by the way is key we Wait. have to tell stories that we believe embody because then storytelling reveals meaning without committing to the error defining mm. it as hannah rent says so he picks up my son and he holds him and john's six three two seventy Oof, little big. kid right he just grabs him in his arms and he picks him up and he takes this big old hand and he puts, it on, he puts it on Tiger's chest and he just holds his hand on his chest and he goes, I see light in you. Aww. I see who you are. Hmm. And I love this, this kid. Like <laughs> I love Tiger Roman. If you ever need anything, I am here for you. But there is goodness in your soul. Oh, wow. And like he just looked him in his eyes and he put his hand on his chest. And I'm like, whether or not Tiger remembers that consciously, I know he got it. Mm. And I I think that a real man, a masculine man, will use that type of certainty, that type of power, that type of presence, that type of leadership to to witness people you know and that's what i would want to yeah. do for my little 6-year-old is i, w- I would want to put my hand on his chest mm. and be like i see you mm. there is light in you there is good in your soul and i can feel it and i know you're here and i know you're here with purpose and you know i would want to i want i'd want to send that message
0: so beautiful that's
1: the message i want to send to every adult by the way, right now, too, that has a six-year-old, <laughs> not beside them, but within them. Right. And I want to be able to um, literally and figuratively place my hand on someone's chest. And, and in safety, in relationship, I will literally put my hand on someone's chest and say those words to them. Mm. And I will, in my mind, be holding somebody And whispering those thoughts to myself quietly when I'm with people and I'm present and I'm in my masculinity. That's what I want to do.
0: Beautiful. My goodness, that's absolutely gorgeous. I think that's what kids want from their dads more than anything is just their full presence and to be seen and appreciated as they are. Just see their greatness.
1: Yeah, it's encouragement. Yeah. It, that 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 is what we need is ultimately an encouragement. And encouragement should be the witnessing of somebody's innate brilliance mm. and the witnessing of their their genius within them, their light, and then just going, man, like, wow, I feel that. You got this. Uh, you have what it takes. Yeah. That's the encouragement. Like keep going. Yeah. You yeah, this is you. That yeah. that encouragement. So if all we did is one one thing well as a parent is encouragement, and the other it's interesting because underneath that is like you need to be present for that level of encouragement. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: I would add one more thing, is to uh, celebrate what lights the kid up. Mm-hmm. I even suggest that from my from I have a I'm starting these new morning wake up with Nickies. <laughs> little voice notes and uh, I recorded one yesterday that said um, what is it that you, lights you up mm-hmm. can you put that on your calendar every single day mm-hmm. 20 minutes do something that lights you up dance draw, take photography go for a swim, be in nature I mean, what lights you up and make sure that is part of your daily schedule yeah. really important, you won't regret that
1: no, <laughs> like, likely you won't.
0: You will. Um, yeah. Oh, what a treat. Thank you. I knew this would be juicy. Thank you so much. Fun. Yeah, you're you're really a blessing of a man. Thank I, you. I, I hope you teach many men how to be like you.
1: Yeah, I'll, I will be learning <laughs> with and from many men, and I'll be sharing my experience.
0: I knew you'd be humble about that, but I, I mean it. You really do create safe space for everyone, it, it's um, a blessing. Mm. Thanks. Thank you guys for tuning in. Love you all.